I'm Sinead O'Moore and you're listening to Every Mum the Podcast. Every Mum the Podcast was created for one reason, to get honest about parenthood, about the realities, the joys, the surprises and the fears, the moments that form us and the ones we don't hear people talk enough about, which is why we are so proud to partner with Water Wipes as our sponsor for this season, as they share this mission with us and are such an essential brand for every mum. As creators of the world's purest baby wipes containing just two ingredients, 99.9% water and just a drop of fruit extract, water wipes are purer than cotton wool and water and also the proud winners of three National Parenting Product Awards 2020, including Best Baby Wipes. During the early days as a parent, everything is uncertain, but choosing the right wipes shouldn't be a worry. With no artificial fragrance, soap, silicones or colours, Water wipes are suitable for sensitive newborn and even premature skin. Together, we are committed to providing more reassurance for parents with trusted products and this podcast, helping us to all take those important steps towards greater confidence while building a community of support for every mum. In this episode, I sit down with Aileen Cox Blundell, creator of babyledfeeding.ie, author of two best-selling family cookbooks, and now the business entrepreneur behind Hidden Heroes, the 100% natural frozen kids' food packed with veg and love. Aileen is a source of inspiration and incredible support for many parents as she creates delicious recipes, weaning ideas, tips on how to get our kids to eat more vegetables, and has created a huge social community of almost 120,000 parents across Facebook and Instagram, empowering us all to feed our family simple yet amazing food. She's here to talk to me today about how her love for experimenting with exciting baby-led recipes for her son Oscar almost five years ago has led her on this insane journey, how her passion drives her forward at 2am, how launching her food product Hidden Heroes has been her greatest challenge yet, and so much advice for everyone who has an idea in the back of their minds who want to make it a reality. Aileen Cox Blundell, thank you so much for accepting my invitation to come on Every Mum the Podcast. Thank you for having me. Bye. I'm so happy to see you here because <laughs> often in these um, in the in this series, I get to meet incredible women and I get to sit down and talk to them for an hour about their lives. And also I get to sit down with real true friends like you and get to spend some time with you. You're so much such a pal. <laughs> and I get to share the things that I know about you to so many women who follow your story and are so inspired by your journey with baby led feeding and everything that you have created and the powerhouse that you are you know you're just you're such a star and I really want you to know that and no you are (laughs) you are and so many women have been helped because you have you're actually going to make me start crying now and I haven't even started the podcast (laughs) (laughs) that's what I do (laughs) no you don't know how much you've done and I think I want to go back to the very beginning so that maybe even you can recognize how much you've done but inspire other mums who are at this moment in time they have an idea in their heads they have a passion in their bellies and they want to turn it into something okay so you had Oscar six he was born five years ago five years ago yeah it seems like way longer but he's it's he's only five. five and Oscar was number three Oscar was number three and I 
so I have three children. My daughter Jade is 17. She'll be 18 in February. Such a beauty. And she's gorgeous. And she's such a nice kid. She's just such a sweetheart. And then Dylan, my little boy, he was 13 last week. And then Oscar. And with Jade, when she was six months old, she had point blank refused to let me feed her with a spoon. And I had no choice but to let her feed herself. So I just, I remember going to the doctor, go, saying to them, like, she won't let me feed her. Like, what do I do? And the doctor was really nice and just said, look, just like make lots of really nutritious food for her and just let her feed herself. And if that's what she wants to do, she's obviously really independent. And that's what I did. So I, she, she just, she just became this amazing foodie. She loved all the food, everything, like no matter what I gave her, she's still like that. She just loves all the food. <laughs> when Dylan was a little baby, then he, I started my business. So I have a graphic design agency called Sweet and I started that when he was when I was pregnant with him. I lost my job because I was pregnant and oh my goodness. I felt that I just wanted to do something more with my life. So I set up Sweet and when I had him I was working breastfeeding him, working on the computer and trying to do two things at the same time and I was really busy and it came to feeding him. I just I just resorted to purees and mm. and I didn't do the same sort of feeding that I did with Jade and he was very picky when he was little and I gave in and I did all the things you're not supposed to do like give them alternatives and do all that kind of stuff and by the time he was about I'd say maybe five he was really picky like he wouldn't eat there was loads of vegetables he wouldn't eat like he'd cry if I said to him like just try mango he he would go I I, I don't like it just it looks slimy I'm not gonna eat it mm. so he totally ate with his eyes and then when Dylan came or when Oscar came along I just kind of looked at the two kids and like Oscar as well was my last baby and I completely like when I was pregnant with him, I didn't want it to stop. I I was actually kind of worried about having him because I loved being pregnant mm. so much because I knew it was my last. And I just really took it as just being enjoy every single it. moment. Yeah. yeah. So when he came along, I decided I was going to stay at home and... I that lasted for about maybe four months and then I went back <laughs> to work like three days a week um but I stayed at home a lot with him I was at home with him f until he nearly started school I was working three days a week and doing the two um such a joy as a business owner to yeah be just to be able real to do benefits. that now it's it was such hard work mm. because I was working in the evenings when he went to bed and I was yeah. doing all I can start trying to juggle but when it came time to feeding him then I just decided you know like the way I did it with Jade really worked but I'm going to change it with him and I never had any intention of starting a blog I'd never intention of doing a book I literally just started taking photographs of my baby on my phone so some of the photographs As we all do yeah trying he, different things he was so cute and he just loved food so much it was just such a joy to feed him it just reminded me of when Jade was a baby except I was older and not as panicked and I yeah, more confident yeah but I like I honestly didn't even know that baby led weaning was a thing I thought that my babies were just like 
amazing like oh my god <laughs> my baby's feeding himself and like he's only six months old and so I just took photographs and I started coming up with these concoctions of like amazing recipes that I was giving him like kale hummus and kale pestos and parsley pestos and beetroot pestos and hummuses I just went crazy on making him my own food but letting him feed himself and coming up with really nice ways so like the baby lasagnas for example Mm. that was something I made for him when he was like six months old and like I didn't even know how to use a camera like I had to ask my husband to show me how to use the camera like that's how like and now I'm doing photography all the time it's so such a weird like such a journey change like that's only three years ago really four years ago um so I just took loads and loads and loads of photos made up loads of recipes and then They were so cute and so nice that I just thought, you know, I'm going to put these together. And when Oscar is 21, I'm going to give it to give it to him. Because Jade used to say to me when when I was little, you did you didn't feed me that stuff. And I was like, I did. I did. And she'd be like, no, you you didn't like show me the proof. But I hadn't the same amount of photos and photos weren't digital at the time. Different time. Just different. And so I just took loads of photos. And put them together in a book. And because I was graphic designer, I am graphic designer, I designed it up really nicely. And then it was his first birthday. And my mum came over and she said, I, I showed it to her and she was like, you know, I think other parents would get a real benefit out of seeing your baby eating kale pesto because that was the one picture that I had that his face was covered in green yeah. and he just he just looks so happy in just he just loved his food he looked so happy and my mum thought that I could help other mums and she's a wise woman <laughs> so I have this problem in life I think it's not a problem but it annoys people sometimes I'm the person in the room that always picks up if somebody's not okay mm. I'm that person that like just really emotionally intuitive yeah, I'll al- I, like I'm the person that will always say to somebody, are you okay? Mm. And sometimes it's really annoying when you ask them that. Well, a but lot of I people prefer to be in the mask. <laughs> yeah, but I'm the person that goes over and I'm, I'm always attracted to, I, I always feel like I can help people. Mm. So when my mom said that, I thought this is a way of doing that for people and I might be able to actually do it. So she said, like, why don't you send in everything you have to a publisher and see if you can get a book? So I did, and I sent it into, I sent an idea of a book into Gill Books, and that was in maybe April, and I heard nothing from them all the summer, and I just thought, yeah, it's not happening. And my mom was like, did you hear Anthem? Did you hear Anthem? Mm-hmm. I was like, no, I didn't. Um, so uh, Oscar's birthday was in March, yeah, and I sent it in in April. Um, and then the last week of September, I got a phone call from Sarah Lydian Gill, and she was like, "I think it's a really good idea. I love your pictures. I think your baby's very cute, which he is. He's super cute. Um, but nobody has a nobody's a clue who you are. Like you're you're just a mom at home, and like why would anybody buy your book over an Annabelle Carmel book or over Jamie Oliver book? Like, so I think what you should do." is because I do think it's a good idea, go and start a little blog and just see how it goes and maybe come back to us in a couple of years and let me know what happens. So it's really kind advice in that they could have just rejected. Yeah, she you could know, have. She, but she kind of she, she gave you a time. steer. Yeah. But I'm crazy. 
So <laughs> I'm kind. I kind. So you heard little blog, and you decided. I heard <laughs> little blog. You can't do it in my head, and I just thought nobody's going to tell me I can't do this. I am getting a book, and I am going to make this happen because that's the kind of person I am. Yeah. So that was the last week of September, and on the first week of October, I launched Baby Led Feeding. So I remember that day. That fr- it was a Friday. <coughs> I remember sitting on the chair thinking of names and I kind of looked up baby led weaning in the meantime and I'd realized that it was an actual thing and there was a huge following of parents for it and there was there was only one book and so I just thought like this is a really good market and my recipes are fun and I, they're really healthy and I'm trying to get kids eating veg and trying to reduce the amount of sugar so like that's what that's what I am and this is what I want to do and so I looked up the name baby led feeding and it was free and I actually couldn't believe it I bought it like on the spot there and then and um, I didn't even think about it I remember saying it to my husband like baby led feeding is free I can't believe it like it's this huge movement of people with baby led weaning mm. and this other domain is there and to me it's more baby led feeding because I was still breastfeeding so to me I wasn't weaning my baby I was I was just introducing solids Mm. and so to me it made a lot of sense and I bought the domain and I launched on Facebook the following Friday with one recipe and it was for a chocolate sauce with three ingredients and I woke up on Saturday morning and I had just shy of a thousand followers on Facebook organically. Like, you know how hard that is. It's incredibly hard. So then the Saturday morning, I remember waking up going, oh, my God. Like, I was refreshing my phone in bed going, (laughs) holy crap. Like, it's like a thousand people following my page. Like, I've, I've only got one post. Like, how is this possible? And then Saturday, I was I was so excited. So Saturday, then I shared a second recipe. And by Saturday evening, I had a thousand followers. Sunday, I shared another recipe. By Sunday, I had another thousand followers. And by Monday evening, at like five o'clock, I had four thousand people following my page over a weekend. Over a weekend in four days. Four Un- days. Unheard of. Totally unheard of. Then I kind of forgot about the book because I got so excited mm. about the blog and sharing the recipes and then I had all of these messages coming in from parents and it totally changed my life honestly like I got messages from mum saying my child eats no vegetables what do I do like your baby is eating kale like how did you do that how did you get your baby to eat that how what did you do and so I'd message all of them back every one of them like I got thousands of messages and I literally messaged, I didn't skip one of them. I didn't skip a comment underneath any of my posts. I was really engaging and I really interacted you with everybody. And then I just got so emotionally involved with all of these women from all over the world. And I kind of felt responsible for how their kids were eating. And... It took over my life. Like, I'd wait until my husband was gone to bed at night because it, it actually took over my life. Like, I had to bring it back after a while because it was so t- over-consuming. Um, but I used to wait until my husband went to sleep at night and I'd creep out of bed and come back downstairs to reply to messages because he was giving out to me saying, you're on your phone too much and, mm-hmm. like, you need to 
set a time where you're going to like I'm answering messages between this time and this time but I felt that I don't know like Sinead the mum down the road who's little kid who wasn't eating vegetables who'd messaged me and I'd messaged her back and then she'd messaged me and I knew she was upset and I knew she was crying and I knew that it was a really emotional thing was now my responsibility and I really wanted to help Sinead and I really wanted to help Mary and Anne and Rebecca and mm. all these people like and I, I, I don't know I just I loved it it's the best thing I've ever done in my entire life setting up baby led feeding it was never about money I didn't make one penny from baby led feeding for almost four years not a cent I did it for love and I did it for passion I still do it for love and I still do it for passion I love it I love meeting these people I feel emotionally connected to these people I've lost lots of friends along the way because I, all I do is baby led feeding but I've made so many friends like you and I've made like like this is a this is a prime example so my book came out so I so I, from doing all of this mm. um the book did come the book book did come so after about four months so she said this my editor had said go and set up a blog and come back to me in a few years. And so I did that. And after four months, so on the 1st of January, the 1st, the 2nd of January, I emailed Gil. So whatever day it was, coming back to work after Christmas, actually. And I'd done loads of press and I'd done loads of, like, guest blogs. And I'd done some for for you, I think, yeah. as well. And you took it that's by how storm. I, that's how I met you yeah. in initially. You saw what you were doing. And I remember that first meeting I had with you. And you left and you were so excited and passionate. And wh- everything that you just said there about how, you know, you did it for love and you did it for passion. And you just desperately knew that this was going to be such a valuable resource to so many parents who were struggling to get good nutrients into their kids. And you were so infectious and you left the meeting and I turned around. And I'm like, she is going to have her own television show. <laughs> she is. I still don't. It's on its way. I swear (laughs) to God. You were just, I'm like, I believe everything about her. I am on this with her. I'm, where do I sign? (laughs) You know? Yeah. You just have such a force because you have seen the benefits. You were that mother. You've gone through it. You saw that it worked. And now you are taking what you know and you are sharing it with people who need it. It's the most genuine form of marketing ever. You know, you're not going, oh, I'm just going to do this to make some money. Yeah, it's You not started that. it from a real passion. And that, I believe, is why people have connected so much with you so quickly. Yeah, I think so, too. Like, and I'm not like, like when when my book. So I, I remember from the January messaging Sarah and saying. Sarah's my editor um, messaging Sarah and saying, you know, since I met you four months ago and since you spoke to me four months ago. I set up my little blog <laughs> and I actually used those words because I still have. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I did. And I set up my little blog and uh, I've also been on the Irish Times, the Irish Independent. I've written for the Irish Examiner. I've been on the radio. I've done some TV. And the day I sent that mail, I refreshed my Facebook page and I had 10,000 followers in four months, which is insane. Like, it's so amazing. Like, that was insane. 
So the minute she got that mail, I got a phone call straight away to say, can yeah. you come in for a meeting tomorrow? Absolutely, she did. Yeah, and so I went in for a meeting with her and I signed a contract for a book deal the following day. And I... Now, because I was still unknown, I ended up doing all my photography, all my food styling. I designed my book. Like, I really wanted a book at that point because I thought it would bring me some credibility and it would help get my name out to more people so I could help more people. And there's no money to be made in books. Like, I know that. Um, but for me, it was such a passion and I loved it. And it was also so such a hard thing to do. Mm-hmm. Not the hardest thing now I've ever done, but it was such a hard thing to do. Because I had Oscar, I was doing my book two days a week while he was at home. And working in my design agency because that's the only money I had coming in so I was doing that the other the other three days and the two days I was at home with Oscar when he was asleep in the morning I'd cook the recipes when he got up from his morning nap I'd take photos of him eating the recipes I'd play with him for a few hours then he'd go down for his evening nap or his afternoon nap I'd cook more recipes and shoot them while he was asleep so I was trying I was aiming at getting four recipes done every day food styled, photographed, the whole lot. Sometimes there was 10 in a day. And I remember my daughter coming home from school one day, and I'm not joking at all or exaggerating. She came home from school and she walked in and I was sitting on the floor of my kitchen crying. And I think I said this in my book launch. um, I had flour all over me. I had egg in my hair. She actually found an eggshell heart sticking in my head and she was she was like what is wrong with you I was like I can't do it I I can't do this I can't do this all on my own it's too much work and she was like you just need to sleep and you need to like take a deep breath I'm gonna make you a cup of tea and I'm going to clean up this crazy mess that you've created in the kitchen so this was three years ago so she's seven she's nearly 18 now so 15 wise wise girl she's great she was such a help and most days it was great fun and most days those recipes worked out but I think on the day that Jade came home that day I couldn't get anything to work the pastry wasn't right or I burnt something and I was busy doing photography and then something burnt or I set fire to a pot like I just and I was learning all the time and lots of the recipes that I created like I was writing them down and kind of creating them on the spot and going, oh, that doesn't taste right. I'm going to make it again. So I could sometimes have made the same recipe like five or six times. I'd imagine you're in this like perfectionism circle. I'm crazy when it comes to that. Like I'm neurotically um, perfectionist. Like That's probably what makes you so good. I'm terrible though. Like to my own detriment sometimes. Mm. And I'm really, really hard on myself. Really hard. I imagine you now because, I mean... The book was your dream. The book was the, the the goal. And here you are making it. But you're making every element of it yourself. Yeah, I did every single part of that book from start to finish. Like to design everything. It. Everything. I designed it. I did the whole thing. Like everything. My book came out and it did really well. And it How did that feel? Because amazing. You, as you've just told us, the amount of effort and work. So it was amazing. What did it feel like when it was actually out in the world? Amazing. And it... The work was kind of finished then. So I still was doing my recipes every week and I was talking and sharing, doing stuff about my book and I got to do loads of events. So 
again, I'm very much, I put a lot of pressure on myself in terms of doing things. So I went out and I organized events for myself. So I did events every, I'd say every second weekend all over Ireland for the whole month of April, May, June, July and August. And so that took a lot out of my family, I think, as well, because I work really hard. Um, but, but you I really wanted to meet the people who this book was making I did, a difference for. Yeah, and I really wanted to get my book out there. And my book still does really, really well. Like that, the, f- the first book does really, really well. Um, but this is one of the things I was going to say about the amazing thing about baby led feeding. So after about a year of my book being out, I, so my book became a number one bestseller and it did really well. And Say that again. My book became what? A number one bestseller. There you go. <laughs> So I've sold like 20,000 books or something in the space of three years. It's amazing. It's mad. It's so brilliant. It's great. Like, um, But I decided, because I always want to be better, and I always want to make sure that I'm giving the right content. So I put out a post on Baby Led Feeding, and I just said, I'm trying to do some market research. No, I actually didn't put a post up. I looked at people who had responded to questions on or or comments commented on posts on Facebook and Instagram. And I messaged 10 people and I asked them, look, you don't have to, I don't don't need to use your names or anything, Mm -hmm. but I want to ask you 10 questions. It's really quick. You don't have to even give me your phone number. I'm not a weirdo that's like, I'll give you my number. And you can totally block your number if you don't. Because <laughs> I just thought it was such a weird thing. I'd never done that kind of stuff before. So I asked these 10 people if I could talk to them. Do you think I'm sharing the right recipe content? What would you like to see more of? What would you like to see less of? Do you think I do lots of this, that and the other? So I messaged 10. All 10 said they'd do it. So I talked to about six of them. And the seventh person was this lovely lady down in Cork called Marion. And she said, do you think we could FaceTime each other um, instead of, she won't mind me saying this because she's now my lovely pal. She's so nice. Um, She said, do you think we could FaceTime each other instead of having a phone conversation? So I was like, yeah, yeah, that would be super. And I'd love to see you. And and I have to make sure I like put on some makeup (laughs) and stuff the day before that day. So I FaceTimed, we agreed to time and I FaceTimed her. She had eight women in her garden and they'd set up a baby led feeding group down in Cork. And between them all, all of them have bought at least eight of my books each for all of their friends, for everybody they knew. One girl had bought 12 books. 12. That was her gift. Like That was her gift. She was like, every time somebody has a baby, they get your book. I love that. I love getting really personable, useful gifts. It's so good. And... I just, that day, that was like, I think like at that time I might have had maybe 40,000 people on Facebook following me. And that day was the one day that made me kind of think, I'm really onto something here and I've done something really good. Because if somebody has set up a group of mums who have, they literally cooked every single recipe oh my in God. my book like that's amazing like how they sent that make you feel it it completely floored me like she had me in tears the minute I started talking to her and I saw the women in her garden I just couldn't believe it and they were all like so nice like anytime I go down to Cork and do events they turn up yeah. um it just made me feel really 
special. Like it was all worth it. That day to me felt like it was all worth it. Like every single thing that I've ever done was all worth it from seeing those women in that garden. Sorry, I got really emotional. <laughs> um, like all I wanted to do was help people. And I am. And I love it. I love what I do. I think it's great. Sorry. It's amazing <laughs> the power that strangers can have on you. Yeah, it really Almost is. All. Like, You know, they can, um, strangers can really make us tap into actually the reality of what it is that we're doing and the impact. Yeah. What we're doing that sometimes we don't acknowledge or recognize in ourselves. I, I didn't, like, I've never been a believer in, I don't know, the things that I've done before or felt like, I don't know, felt like it was, I don't know what the word is even, that that I could, could make such a difference. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, like I get messages now from people and this is why I got up at two o'clock in the morning sometimes because I'd get a message from somebody who would send me a picture of their baby with a head like a flourish of cauliflower or broccoli in their hand and a mom messaging me saying like in my life I never thought I would see the day that my child is eating this and it's all thanks to you and the advice he gave me I took it my baby eats all the vegetables now and like that's amazing it's so powerful because like as a mum the guilt associated with what to feed your child or what they're rejecting or have they got enough nutrients am I setting them up for really good nutrition going forward and we hear the stats all the time from the like of safe food or other organizations that are you know rightly telling us the reality of our children's health in Ireland and as a parent you know we're designed to keep them safe and well. That's our number one priority. But life gets in the way sometimes as well. And um, it's easy to give in, you know, to the thing that, and I'm guilty of it all the time, easy to give in to, well, what will we feed her? Well, what will she eat? She needs to be fed. She's hungry. She's cranky. She's having a tantrum. She'll never go to bed if she's hungry. She'll wake us up all night. So what can we feed her so therefore she's full, satisfied, happy and we can all get some sleep. But what that food is might not necessarily be the good thing in the long term. And so like the swirl of guilt is always there. And what you've created is food that eases that distress from the parent and that their child actually likes. Yeah. And that's rare. Like I think... Like I went out and I talked to thousands upon thousands and not an exaggeration. Like I did the pregnancy and baby fair. I talked to thousands of people in a day at that. Um, And then the events I did every weekend and I did workshops and I just knew the, the that guilt was there for so many parents and people feel so guilty. Like it's one thing you hearing it on safe food or the World Health Organization saying obesity is on the rise and it's not going down to parents like taking that advice on board. And I felt that I could be like, I'm not a dietitian and I'm not a nutritionist, but I felt that the food I was feeding my children got them to eat vegetables and got them to eat a whole balanced diet. Like I don't disclude any food groups. I 
reduce sugar. I try to get kids eating vegetables, more fruit, whole fruits. Like, I just felt that the recipes that I was doing were coming from a mum who'd got their kid to do that. And the advice that I'd given to people in terms of fussy eating and weaning your baby, making sure they were getting lots of veg. If your child eats lots of vegetables, they tend to not be a fussy eater. So if you can manage that part, I think the rest kind of slots into place a lot easier. And then it's just a case of making sure they're getting their protein and their iron and all of their vitamins. And I think I, I'd always kind of been so worried about dietitians that I'd kind of... When I shared my first recipe, that was my biggest fear. I, w- I was like, I'm not a dietitian. I can't. I, what, what, if, what if it gets criticized or what if they do this? And, and then I just kind of thought, you know, like I'm not giving out nutritional advice ever. I only ever come from a mum's perspective. So that's what I do. I come from a parent's perspective. I help parents to do something that I did to get kids eating veg. I cook things that are very low in sugar. And I am what I am, and I've accepted that. But I've made friends then as, as well with a lot of dietitians along the way, and they like what I do. So I think it's kind of... So you've taken it from something that's all kind of expert and put it into the home. Yeah. I think that's really important. So as a mum who has seen it work, to a mum who is at the moment struggling to see it work, okay, with a two-and-a-half-year-old who was amazing but has now flipped the switch... <laughs> Flip the switch. Flip the switch <laughs> and many bowls over <laughs> onto the floor. What are the key things that have worked for you? So firstly, most children at around 18, between 18 months, even Oscar, all of my kids did this. Even Oscar. Even Oscar. I remember. He's the holy grail of veg eating baby. I know. <laughs> so I remember going up to my bathroom and sitting on my toilet not while I was going to the bathroom but going up to the bathroom kind of getting really stressed out with him throwing vegetables across the table thinking I can't be the person who's bringing out at that time my book was he's coming out yeah you can't you're not on brand (laughs) you're not on brand Oscar (laughs) so I remember crying thinking I can't be the person that has a baby that's not eating vegetables when I'm trying to promote kids eating vegetables so you'll be outed for fake news yeah and I like with Jade Jade had done that too I remember her saying I don't like it it's green and with her I mashed peas I mashed broccoli I mashed green foods every single day into her food. I made sure she had green on her plate. When she said that, I made sure she had green on her plate every day. And I didn't give in. To normalize it. No, I did. I just completely did not give in. I didn't give her alternatives. I didn't make second dinners. I didn't give her a piece of toast and a yogurt before she was going to bed, which which is the one thing that parents do a lot. Bowl of porridge last night. Yeah, but if you do that, the problem is that they just expect it and yeah. they'll they'll hold out for I it. Know. <laughs> so I worked with an amazing dietitian oh. on my book, my uh, Roisin gown. So she's brilliant, um, and she's so nice. And she had said to me because I was I was saying to her, look, like this is what I'm doing. I'm not giving them alternatives. I'm not doing this. And she was like, no, that's totally the right thing to do. Um, so that's what I did with Oscar. I made him his dinner, and I said that's your dinner and you're not getting anything else. Yeah. And I didn't kind of say it even like you're not getting anything else and be forceful about it. I just gave him his dinner. 
and never I tried let, let, never let him to believe that there was anything else anyway yeah like sometimes like this I'd, is just what you have yeah that's dinner and I knew that if he didn't eat that he would be hungry but I didn't give him anything else so if I saw him going to drop something on the floor or going to throw a bowl or going to throw his vegetables I whipped the bowl away from him put it on the counter and I was like I'd just say to him, do you know, you can have it when you're hungry. Like, that's okay. Yeah. We come back to him when you're hungry. Don't make any big deal about it. And he'd cry and he'd say, I want something else. Toast. And I'm like, you're not having toast. Um, But I wouldn't give him anything else. So there was maybe four times where I had brushed his little teeth and put him into bed and was reading him a story where he'd say, i hungry now, Aww. and he'd come downstairs and eat his food. There wasn't any fights, there wasn't yeah. any arguments, it wasn't, because I think that's a lot. Like, Don't make it a battle zone. Yeah, it's very easy to go eat eat one spoon, eat, like, just eat it, yeah. have one bite, come on, eat up, you haven't even eaten two bites, there's still loads left, and then it's a stress, and then it's a worry, and then you build that, I think, into the child. Yeah. They see so meal time, yeah. meal time even. They see meal time as oh, we're going to fight now. It's or, a battle. Or, or we're going to play this game of will. So, and that's very funny that you say that. So, when I brought out my product, I did a lot of market research with Board Bia, and we did a focus group. And there was eight, twelve, six. My maths is so bad. Twenty. Oh, I can't be good at everything. <laughs> twenty-four <laughs> mums. So twenty-four mums split into three different focus groups, and. That was the one thing that I have on everything for my product is that mealtime. Mealtimes always feel like a battle of wills. Who's going to win? Is it me or is it her or him? Yeah. And I really want to change that because mealtimes shouldn't be a battle. And I think if you put food down in front of your child and they don't eat it, you can just take it away and just say, that's okay. You can have it when you're hungry. Don't make a big deal. And then when they don't wa- when they want something else, just say, oh, there's nothing else. I had been asked quite a lot, look, on days where you just don't want to cook, what do you give your kids? Like, what do you buy that's packaged food? And there was nothing that I'd kind of buy that I felt really good about feeding my family. And so I decided, I don't know whether, I don't know. But anyway, I decided I was going to make one myself. And so I made these little nuggets. They didn't have a coating or anything. They were just like animal-shaped little nuggets. And they were really nice, and I really liked them. And I found out about a program called Foodworks with Enterprise Ireland and Board Bia on the last day, the day, the last day of registration. I found out about it. So I applied, and I sent in my application literally like within the last hour, like I was on the deadline along with 480 other companies who also submitted applications. And it was open for like four months of submissions, but I applied the last hour, basically. Uh, And so I got chosen, and I ended up doing Foodworks with the Enterprise Ireland. There was only eight companies chosen. I ended up doing Foodworks with Enterprise Ireland and Board Bia, Chagask. And I launched my food product last in June of this year. So like I went, I did Foodworks. At the end of Foodworks, we had to stand in front of a group of investors and do an investor pitch. And I'm not, I'm not used, I'm not that person. Like I'm a not Dragon's Den kind of thing. It was kind of like that. So Stephen Twiddell was there. So he was the ex-CEO of Kellogg's Ireland. Um, Eamon Quinn, who was Fergal Quinn's son. 
um, who's also an investor, and then Gary Bond, who's head of HBAN for Enterprise Ireland, like really formidable businessmen. So I stand in front of these really amazing <laughs> businessmen doing my pitch, which I'd practiced and I knew it and I knew it inside out. And I had the heart and I had the passion and I did my hair and I walked in there like owning the room and and then I started talking about how passionate I was about the product. It came to like why I'd made this product like three quarter ways through my pitch. And I talked about the mums I'd spoken to and the thousands upon thousands of them who I knew needed this product. And I burst into tears in front of these three businessmen. Like, I actually stood there crying. But do you see that now as a weakness or a strength? Because I think that's a strength. At the time, I was mortified. They had to get me a tissue. I was like, I'm so sorry. I don't know what is wrong with me. And they were like, afterwards, I met Stephen Tudell a few months afterwards, and he said in all his life, he's never heard a pitch like mine before. You see? That he'll never forget it. I've never wanted anything to work so bad in my entire life, ever. And but you did it. You did create yeah, it. Yeah, I did. I, d- I did the recipe creation. I worked with Chagaskun, got manufacturing ready. I found a manufacturer, really tough work. I worked with my designers in my studio on my packaging. I was very clear in my direction on how I wanted this product to look, how I wanted it to taste, the benefits I wanted it to have. So it's the only product on the market, on the Irish market at the moment, that says one of your child's five a day. And the reason it says that is because a portion contains 40 grams of vegetables and a regular portion of vegetables for an adult is 80 grams of vegetables. But 80 grams of vegetables for a little penny or a little Oscar is a lot of vegetables. It's 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 a lot. Yeah. And there was no guideline recommendation for that 40 grams. And so I went to the HSE. I went to Safe Food Ireland. I went. I ended up speaking to the people who did the Food Pyramid of Ireland. Wow. And they agreed that... 40 grams was a portion from a, for a child for one age one to five. So I got that from Safe Food and I ended up getting that from the FSAI and from the HSE. And it's amazing. That's such a great thing to be able to say. I think it's so amazing. It's just yet another thing that you've achieved. Like it's, it's I think it's super. And I love them. They're so nice. And the kids love them. It's trying to get more distribution and yeah. funding and like it's I like I'm still on my own kind of doing it and that's tough like it's it's really really tough what I love about hidden heroes is I mean there's a few things firstly as a working parent the the juggle of actually having something to prepare as soon as you get in the door um and as you said picking them up from crash and they probably be already eaten and is there any point in starting a big dinner no it'll be ready by the time they're in bed having hidden heroes in the freezer means that I can just put it in the oven and I feel no no she's eaten something good yeah she's eaten something good it you know it takes away the battle she loves them and I can just relax feeling like okay I wasn't a bad mom today I did give her some vegetables I know I didn't peel them and steam them and mash them and but she ate some vegetables today yeah and and that is a gift you have given me genuinely (laughs) that gift of peace of mind it's incredible 
and I always and I and I because I know you and I love opening up the freezer thinking oh there's you know alien is feeding penny tonight that's so cute like that's the thing though I think I wanted parents to feel good about the food they were feeding their kids with my books with my product with the advice I give them I just want people to feel good about feeding their children and yeah it's just been it's been an amazing it's been a crazy journey an amazing roller coaster of a journey what would you say to that woman who was sat on the kitchen floor with the eggshell and the flour and your 15 year old saying mama make a cup of tea girl britches um what would i say looking at everything that you've done now everything that you've achieved that book went out it was number one another book went out a food product is now available for parents to buy and cook and feed their kids. I think if it was somebody else, I'd probably say make sure make it make make sure it's worth it. I think if you can make a living from it and you're happy, then it's all worth it. Um, Could you have imagined when you started making that kale for Oscar when he was six no. months old that this is where you'd be now? No. I really, really honestly can't. Like, my life is insane now. It's in, like, it's just amazing. It's, I, like, I never thought I would be doing... I used to wake up in the morning and think... I was a graphic designer. And I used to wake up in the morning thinking, do you know something? I am never going to change my job. I love what I do. Like, I wake up in the morning and I'm so lucky. Like, I will never, ever, ever change my job. I loved what I did. Loved it. And here I am doing something totally different. Uh, like, I changed career completely when I was 40 years of age. Like, I never thought I would ever do anything different. So to anyone who's at home with an idea burning in their soul right now? Find the right people that can help you do it. Talk to Enterprise Ireland. If it's a good idea, I would talk to Enterprise Ireland or your local Enterprise office because they're amazing help. Like, stay connected with the right people Like, I latch on to people I know that, like, I've done that, especially in Enterprise Ireland. I've kind of latched on to people that I know that can help me and become friends with them. And, like, not to use people, but to, like, really see the strengths that people have in terms of being able to help you get to where you need to be. And your strengths, too, so that you can do a barter system with people. So I did that quite a lot, where I got somebody to share my recipe content for me, but I made recipes for them. So, or I did design work for somebody, like, I got business uh, mentoring at one stage, but I did a logo and branding for it. I did a PR campaign, but I did like a partnership with them too. Like I did work for my PR. So nothing came free. Nothing, everything was worked hard for. And are you proud of what you've created? Yes. Are you proud of you? I am. I I'm, I put so much pressure on myself. I really do. I don't know why I'm like this. I feel like I'm, like, I, I look at things and feel like I should be growing quicker. Always feel like I can be doing better. I, I don't know what that is. I think it's a curse in all of us. Yeah. And I think that's the thing, like, with mums as well. Like, when you... We were inherently stay-at-home mums. That's the way my mum was a stay-at-home mum. She didn't work. She didn't work outside of the home. She worked in the house. And I think we put 
so much pressure on ourselves to be the same sometimes as guys to kind of maybe prove that we can be as good we deserve a seat at the table we do but we we are at that table but we work bloody hard for it you are the queen of the table and yet you're still (laughs) saying that you feel like you should do more yeah I don't know what that is I really don't I hope we can figure it out because <laughs> I hope we do too. I want to hear you say I am so proud. Oh no, myself. I am really 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 proud of myself. I really am. Like I really believe I've achieved so much. I know I help people every single day. Every single day. And I love it. I love talking to the mums. I love working. I I I just love doing what I'm doing. I am very proud of myself. You're incredible. Thanks. And you deserve <laughs> to feel that. Thanks, Sinead. And know it about yourself. I really wish that you take a step back and see what you have actually done in five years and all that you've done. And um, just know how wonderful you are. You really are. Thanks, Sinead. Thank you for sharing your experience with us on Everything in the Podcast. I really hope that you have inspired anybody who is sitting at home with that idea And um, just, I suppose, if anything, it's about taking that first step and backing yourself. Yeah. And then not giving up. And I think don't like if I was to do it all again, having me time. I forgot about that. Like I don't do that enough at all. I don't give. I work a lot and I don't. I don't do the me time very well and I need to do that more. Like I need to take time out and go on a date and see my friends and go for that glass of wine. Aileen, thank you so much. Thanks, Sinead. So nice. Thanks for listening to Every Mum the Podcast. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Please subscribe and we'd love you to leave a review. This series is kindly supported by Water Wipes. Water wipes are an essential for every mum from that first nappy change and during those messy weaning months. As creators of the world's purest baby wipes, water wipes are purer than cotton wool and water and are proud sponsors of Every Mum, the podcast.